Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle, rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could all tune in. I'm very excited about this show because it's all about a city that I have grown to love over the last few years, Camden, New Jersey. They have such a cool program that's rolling out on Earth Day, April 22nd, 2021, and it's called A New View Camden. And I am so excited to have uh, one of my favorite people in Camden, uh, Mishka Williams on with us. She is um, quite an amazing woman. And Mishka Mitchell is the Vice President of Neighborhood Initiatives for the Cooper's Ferry Partnership. Mishka, welcome to Go Green Radio. I am thrilled to have you on the show. Hi, Jill. It is so good to be speaking with you again. And thanks for having us. You better believe it. Well, I'd love to have you start by introducing Camden to our listeners. You know, we have listeners from all over the country and around the world. So what should we know about Camden, New Jersey, that'll help us fully appreciate the project that we're going to discuss today? Well, thank you so much, Jill. Um, First, let's just take a moment to acknowledge the the lands on which we sit, and that is the lands of the Lenape, Lenape Indigenous Peoples, where the city of Camden resides. Uh, We are an East Coast center um, directly across from Philadelphia. We share the Delaware River with our neighbors in Center City, Philadelphia. And Camden was once a flourishing industrial center. Um, And it was also the cultural arts hub of South Jersey. But years of decline for the city of Camden um, have left really um, a difference from its heyday and and max population of 130,000 people you know, the home of the talking sound, the RCA Victor Victrola, was invented in the city of Camden. Uh, Walt Whitman made his home in Camden for many years, Campbell Soup and the New York Shipbuilding Company. So we really do come from a rich history. But today, there's a bit of a different story happening. And, you know, years of decline have left a really underserved and resource-poor city. Uh, with a population of about 74,000 people, uh, 95% of the residents of Camden are black, indigenous, or people of color, um, and 38% of those residents live in poverty. Um, you know, one of the striking things that comes along with that um, resource extraction, essentially, from Camden has been that there have been left environmental injustices in Camden. And Camden really has been a dumping ground for all of the things that no one wants to see. So whether we're talking about um, all of the waste products for the region, uh, we're talking about other industrial uses, and also the history of those former industrial uses, leaving brownfields and other things in our city, um, you know, we are left to deal with that. You know, Camden right now... There's a new uh, boom and new economic development happening in Camden that we are all excited to be a part of, and at the same time acknowledging that if we don't tackle these environmental injustices, really to help create this new paradigm and literally get people to take a new view of Camden, that we won't really ever get to the place where we all know that the city is able to go. 
Absolutely. Well, and and it is a beautiful city. You know, to visit it is to love it and see the bones of exactly what you're talking about. And uh, the families and the children of Camden have been very near and dear to my heart as I've been working with the Camden City School District since about 2015. And I'm excited because, you know, we're, we're talking to some artists today who are bringing public art into places that have had a problem with illegal dumping. And illegal dumping in Camden, you heard Mishka talk about um, the economic situation the city is in right now. Illegal dumping costs taxpayers upwards of $4 million a year. And one of the artists that's bringing a beautiful new public art piece um, to Camden is uh, one of the co-founders of Terraform One. Mitchell, I would love to have you talk about the work that your nonprofit organization does. And if you guys want to check it out while you're listening to us on voiceamerica.com variety, open a new tab in your web browser and go to their website, www.terraform.org. That's T E. R-R-E-F-O-R-M.org. Mitchell, talk to us about Terraform One. Hi, uh, we are super glad to be a part of this initiative. A New View Camden is just the right thing for this particular location. I wish this could be replicated in many other cities across the United States. Uh, They have been just phenomenal to work with. And we here at Terraform have been working our butts off to do uh, an installation to help the community of Camden understand ideas about waste, which is not something many people are excited about, honestly. Uh, We at Terraform are interested in things like waste and food and water and air quality in cities, but not everyone else is. So we made this uh, a project that is a bit of a spectacle which shows what you can do with a very difficult waste material, which is essentially styrofoam. And that stuff is everywhere. Uh, I I think I personally hate styrofoam, and I don't hate many things. Styrofoam is uh, very difficult to recycle, if at all, let alone upcycle. Uh, It's used everywhere in our packaging materials. It's fairly ubiquitous across the globe ends up in everything from our oceans to uh, landfills universally. And we want to show uh, the people of Camden that they don't have to accept it, that there is a way to uh, essentially uh, clean up styrofoam naturally. And we're doing that in a kind of a a slightly outrageous manner, but the science behind it is real. So just a little bit of bona fides. Uh, I was born in New Jersey. Uh, My dad worked in Patterson, New Jersey. He was a Korean War vet. Uh, My mom cleaned houses for a living, and I was lucky enough to uh, graduate from great schools. I did my doctorates at MIT, and a lot of the science that goes into the work at Terraform One, along with my co-founder, Vivian Kwan, who's our executive director, sorry, uh, is actually, uh, there's a lot of reality behind it. We took a piece of science from Stanford that shows mealworms eat styrofoam, and you can't think of anything more funkier than that. So we put the funk and functionalism <laughs> to show people that mealworms can get rid of their waste, their junk styrofoam. All you need to do is throw it into this big digester and watch the mealworms eat all that styrofoam. And they, they turn it to something called frass, which passes through their intestinal, their intestinal tract. And they eat their own frass because they're mealworms. And eventually what you get is compostable mulch all the contaminants 
all of the uh, uh, the bad chemicals and DOCs are completely eradicated. You can actually eat the mealworms. We plan on doing that on site with a chef, Joseph Yoon. Uh, the mealworms also turn into darkling beetles, which can be eaten by all the other organisms on the site. And the styrofoam disappears. You can use what remains as uh, material, composting material for your garden. Super cool, Mitchell. I love it. Um, You have answered a lot of my questions about your project. That is awesome. I am so excited. I'm going to bring on Tyler. Tyler is doing a super cool project as well. Tyler is out of Oregon, but he is going to be... um, putting together, and I, I've been watching his Facebook page to see this, um, his art project moving from Oregon to Camden. Uh, Tyler, welcome to the show. I would love to have you talk to us about your project that's going to be going in near the waterfront. Tell us, tell us why it's called The Collector and why it has a glowing heart chamber. I would love to, and thanks for having me on the show. Um, so our project is a gigantic robot uh, standing about 16 foot 4 inches tall. Um, his name, or its name, is Mechan 11 the Collector. And all of our robots, this is our fourth giant robot, um, and they all have a backstory. And this one is that it came to this planet and saw unneeded trash around, and it started collecting it. Um, what for? We're not sure. Maybe it's going to build more robots out of it. You, you never know. But so that's why we call it the collector. It, it's, it has a big spike and it's spiking a washing machine and it has a sack on its back filled with all sorts of trash uh, that has been illegally dumped, such as water heaters and tires and even the kitchen sink. And um, it has a glowing heart chamber because all of our robots have a heart chamber. We feel it's very important to kind of give them some humanity, uh, even though they're a giant steel creature. And the cool thing about our heart chamber is that this particular one was designed by a local Camden High School student. And they gave us a two-dimensional version, and uh, a a bunch of students did, actually, in a a little um, thing we did with a a school. And they sent us in, and we selected one that we thought worked best with Mechan 11. And we replicated that into a 3D actual heart chamber that everyone could check out when the robot arrives. I love it. And how is that transportation going? How, how is, are, is it already in Camden? How's it going on its journey? You know, I'm not sure. Last I heard, it was stopped uh, via some snow in Wyoming, but it got through that. And so it's probably somewhere, I'm guessing, around Chicago now, maybe, or somewhere. I'm not sure. <laughs> Very cool, Tyler. Well, yeah. I am so excited about this, and we've got so much to talk about. Um, if you guys want to check it out, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but if you want to check out what's happening in Camden, you can Google A New View Camden, and there's a whole website that talks about what is happening on Earth Day Um where all of these public art displays are coming in. But we've got tons more to talk about with Vivian and Mitchell and Tyler and Mishka. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. News. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? 
Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could join us. And if you're just tuning in, let me catch you up. Today, we're talking about Camden, New Jersey, and they have huge plans for Earth Day. It's going to be a blast. They are going to be putting in six very large, very unique public art displays in six different locations in the city of Camden, New Jersey, places that have been plagued by illegal dumping. And each of these works of art is going to be drawing attention to um, some of the science, some of the alternatives, some of the things that we could be thinking about to revitalize the city of Camden, to to deal with this problem of illegal dumping and its impact on the environment and the communities around it. Um, I want to bring on Vivian Kwan. She is the executive director of Terraform. Um, They have a project going in. And Vivian, I just am curious how your organization got involved in the Camden project to begin with. Um, Yes. Hi. Um, uh, We got involved. I mean, we have done, a lot of research and, and work in pe- previous projects on waste, as uh, as Mitch referenced. But we got involved specifically with Camden because we heard about this very exciting opportunity um, and program through the Bloomberg Philanthropy and that there was going to be a design competition um, for artists all over um, the country and the world in competing for this particular, um, you know, putting together a proposal and an idea to engage the community um, by re-envisioning um, a, an art piece that really uh, focuses on the concept of waste and the history of Camden. So we were, it really is in our wheelhouse. We really are passionate about the project and that's how we got involved. 
Wonderful. Thanks so much for that. Mishka, I'll tell you what, if I were fully vaccinated, I would be on a plane to spend Earth Day with you guys in Camden because it sounds like it's going to be a fantastic celebration. Tell us what Camden residents and Camden visitors have to look forward to on Earth Day 2021. Absolutely. We are so excited about Earth Day in Camden this year. Um, You've already heard about two of the installations that will be on site, which are larger than life, uh, fantastic things to see themselves, but there will be four others that will match that magnificence, so you'll be able to see uh, an invincible cat made out of car hoods. Uh, You'll be able to see turntable, which uses uh, disposable masks and plastic bottles um, as a nod to the history of recorded sound and an old windmill in the city of Camden. You'll be able to see coming um, underway other things where people can make themselves. So you'll be able to see installations, but you'll also be able to participate in some installations as well. So just under construction is a community build of a pizza oven and other adobe structures as part of touching the earth. This is right in the center of a neighborhood where we want everyone to literally get their hands dirty. Um, And then there's the lessons about reuse, recycling, the waste stream that are evident in all of the projects. With the focus being on illegal dumping, we wanted to ensure that each of these projects really did have another meaning to be able to to showcase to the world the importance of being able to tackle this issue, not just because of the demoralizing impact itself that illegal dumping has, but as part of a broader um, issue with waste in our country overall and Mm -hmm. having people to rethink our relationship with our trash, with our waste products, and what we all can do to make a difference. For Camden, Illegal dumping, as you mentioned, is a very expensive proposition. The city spends over $4 million a year literally cleaning up other people's trash because over 60% of that illegal dumping waste comes from locations, people, businesses even, outside of the city coming in to dump inside our city. So how do we begin to think differently, not only about our waste, but also about the city of Camden that is not a place to be dumped on. It's a place that people love. I am a Camden native. I love my city along with all of the residents, the businesses, the stakeholders that have been a part of this amazing project. So I certainly have to give a nod to our project team, uh, the city of Camden, uh, my colleagues at Cooper's Ferry Partnership, and the Rutgers Camden Center for the Arts, who have been diligently working over the last two years, along with our great curatorial team, Kimberly Cam and Judith Tannenbaum, as well as Camden Fireworks, the local art gallery in Camden. So we're happy to be able to have on Earth Day all of these things for people to participate in, people to see, and the installations will be on view until October 31st. So please, everyone, we invite you to Camden to take a new view and visit these art installations. I'm taking you up on that, Mishka, and I will be there very soon. As soon as it's safe for me to travel, which won't be long, 
I am coming back out there and I would love to go along with you and take a look at this. So I am really excited to see these. Mitchell, I'm going to go to you. Um, You told us about, you know, some of the things that you were hoping to reflect in your project in terms of, uh, you know, the mealworms, the styrofoam and, and, you know, what the science was behind your project. But Paint a picture for us. Help us understand what people are going to experience when they walk up to your project. What are they going to see from bottom to top? Tell us about the experience. Right. Uh, Well, what they're going to see is a very large uh, uh, structure made out of uh, an aluminum called 8020, which is an unbelievably highly crafted aluminum product that you find in NASA and a highly calibrated and articulated what we call hypercube, which doesn't really help the public necessarily understand what it is, but it'll look something like from outer space. Uh, and this crazy hypercube will be transparent in the center, and there will be a hatch. And you have the opportunity to donate your waste styrofoam, although we are taking waste styrofoam from other sources, put it inside that hatch, and look through this truth window at the base, and there you'll see about 30,000 mealworms eating the styrofoam and and essentially pooping it out and then eating that again and turning it into mulch. So you'll be able to witness uh, firsthand at a one-to-one scale something like that. Then above that hypercube where all of that digestion is happening, we have something called a decomposition clock. And what that is, is the kind of, it's, a, it's, um, it's an informatic piece, or basically uh, it looks at different materials that you can find in landfills and the amount of time those different materials take to disappear naturally into the earth. So we'll start all the way from something really difficult like aluminum itself, although honestly, we should never throw aluminum in a landfill. It's infinitely recyclable. It's high embodied energy material a lot of good technology in it, and if we keep it in a closed-loop cycle and constantly uh, use it for different sources, that would be the smart thing. But if you were to throw out something like aluminum, all the way to paper products and everything in between, there are different rates about how they decay or return into the earth. So above our cube will be this clock that shows the difference in materials. There will be labels and how long it takes them to return to uh, uh I guess, the, the, the Earth and the Earth's metabolism. So, mm-hmm. And there'll be uh, information available on signage there so people can understand exactly what they're looking at. There's also uh, 750 bins that are on the site that are filled with more mealworms. And they're also <laughs> eating and some oat bran. And those mealworms are meant to sort of jumpstart the population of flora and fauna because they're a great source of food in the food chain. So all kinds of birds and other insects are going to be able to eat them, and we'll also be farming more mealworms in those bins. So that will be the general function. So you're going to look at a massive sculpture filled with you know 100,000 living, crawling mealworms that are essentially there for the purpose of digesting styrofoam and to help increase biodiversity in Camden. Very cool. I love it. I can't wait to see it. Tyler, I want to go to you. Um, you know, I was looking on your website and you've, ha- you've got some really cool pieces. You've had uh, pieces at, at 
the Smithsonian Museum at Burning Man, um, and you've created other giant robots before, but Megan 11 in Camden, if I'm not mistaken, is going to be your first standing robot. Talk to us about why that standing versus lying posture is significant, and tell us more about Mechan 11. Yeah, this is exciting for us, having our first standing robot ever. Our first three are all laying down, kind of half buried in the ground with a lot of history behind them. So this one was a fun challenge for us to build it upright. And I'd say it's our smallest robot, but it's still 16 feet tall, so it's quite a substantial creature. Um, mm-hmm. So I think having a standing robot is really going to get a different reaction from people because they'll be able to walk underneath it, they'll be able to stand next to it for taking pictures, and they'll really be able to see what size it is. When something's laying on the ground, it's hard to imagine what it would look like if it was standing up. But for this one, we're actually giving it to them, so they'll be able to see what a giant robot is if they were a real thing on this planet, which I guess apparently they are now. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> now, what do you hope, you know, when, when Mechan 11 is up and, and installed and you're, you're watching people's reaction to it, what are you hoping for? I'm hoping for uh, hopefully jaws to drop and eyes to widen. That's, that's the goal we go for with all of our art projects. We really want to blow people's minds. And the thing with robots is, you know, they, they cross all cultures and age groups. You know, everyone can enjoy a giant robot. They're easily connectable. We see them in our culture in stories and movies and TV shows. So everyone knows robots and has a, most people have a very fond memory of a robot from their past and something they've seen. And we are big lovers of science fiction. So we try and bring that into our art projects and try and grasp that little bit of excitement and in people of all ages and make them feel like a child again, ideally. Awesome. That, that is so cool. And you're going to be right up by the, the waterfront. Uh, Mishka, talk to us a little bit about how uh, these sites were, were chosen for these public art pieces and, and what the city hopes to accomplish by placing those public art pieces in exactly those locations. Absolutely. So the site, the six sites that we have across the city touch a number of different neighborhoods. Well, we're chosen primarily for two reasons. Um, one being their history of illegal dumping, and so whether that is actual physical illegal dumping or even figurative illegal dumping like the Cooper's Point Waterfront Park site, which used to be a former prison that sat on the banks of the Delaware River, um, one of those sort of unwanted uses that are dumped in the city of Camden that was demolished a number of years ago at the behest of neighborhood residents who advocated for that closure. And where that now sits a beautiful waterfront park um, right at the foot of the Benjamin Franklin Bridge over to Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Other sites are sites that are notorious for illegal dumping. So we're on, you know, they're being cleaned up now for the installations, but where previously you might have found you know, a mound of trash of multiple stories um, from people coming inside the city and dumping their waste. But these sites are also located along high-traffic transportation corridors. So mm-hmm. they're highly visible sites. Um, there are thousands of people that traverse the city of Camden every day, whether they're on the PACO high-speed line that carries... Uh, riders from the South Jersey suburbs into Philadelphia on the New Jersey Transit's Riverline, which runs from the downtown of Camden to New Jersey's capital of Trenton, 
or the Camden Greenway Bike Trail Network, which is a part of the circuit, Greater Philadelphia's regional trail network. And so we tried to pick locations that would be highly visible, that people would be able to ride by and see. And instead of seeing these plots of land that were blighted with illegal dumping, now when this rider ride past on the PACO, they're going to see uh, Invincible Cat installation. They're going to see the Phoenix Festival, great avatars rising um, that really show um, and demonstrate what's happening in the city of Camden. So we hope that all of the people that get to see these installations are inspired to even come off the train, you know, come off the bikes and visit the locations in Camden and that the residents that surround these sites feel empowered and pride uh, for what is transforming their neighborhoods. I love that, Mishka. That's that's beautiful, and I, I'm so excited to be there. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, there's more Go Green Radio right after this. News. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. World. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad to have you on the show. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, Camden, New Jersey is near and dear to my heart. My nonprofit organization, the Go Green Initiative, started working with the Camden City School District back in 2015. And at that time, um, 
they were up against some fines from the county for being out of compliance with state law regarding recycling. And um, in short order, we were able to get all of the schools in the Camden City School District recycling and in compliance with the law. We actually helped them avoid $12.1 million in fines. They were going to be fined $3,000 per school per day. Um, and that didn't happen. So it was a very exciting time. And, and I'm very proud to be on the Camden City School District green team. Um, we have lots more to look forward to after the pandemic is over. So Vivian, you know, I know that your project uh, has a lot to do with waste and recycling. What did your organization need to learn about Camden's recycling history that helped you inspire some of the details of your project? Yes, well, we, all of our projects start with a lot of research and looking at the specific area, not just the history and the culture, the demographic, but also the um, natural environment, the local flora, fauna, um, as biodiversity is a specific um, area that is part of, that is our mission. And, you know, we feel that that is, um, you know, very uh that that broadly speaking is an area that we uh, aim to increase. Um, with Camden, we were inspired by the fact that um, despite a lot of the illegal dumping, they also were the first in state to mandate recycling. So in some ways, we also saw this narrative of a real pride and love for their community. Um, and <clears throat> And so we wanted to bring something to it, in addition to, um, uh, as I mentioned before, the biodiversity. So, uh, so we decided to focus on those uh, those specific areas. Wonderful, thank you, Vivian. Tyler, I want to go to you because you're located on the opposite end of the country, Eagle Creek, Oregon, which. BT Dubs is a gorgeous area. If you haven't been there, folks, worth the trip because Oregon in and of itself is beautiful. But Eagle Creek, wow. So, Tyler, what inspired you to work on a public art piece for Camden, New Jersey, um, way across the country? And what did you do to prepare to create a piece that met the needs of the community? Well, you know, we would love ideally to get our robots all over the world. And when we saw this opportunity to propose something for Camden, we just knew we had to, especially with the the great reasoning behind it, you know, the whole environmental aspect of it is very dear to our hearts. And so um, we are, I believe, the furthest people or furthest artists, artists on this project coming to Camden. So it's really cool being able to bring our organ art all the way out to Camden for everyone to enjoy. And... As far as meeting the needs of the people of Camden, um, I think one big part of it, as I was talking before with the Heart Chamber, being, being able to involve the people of Camden, especially the young art students, to be a part of this project, I think that can really go a long way as far as giving the community a sense of connection to this art piece, not just something that we brought from the West Coast out there and dropped it off, but it actually has the most important, important part of the robot, the Heart Chamber, came from Camden and came from, you know, the ideas and the minds of people of Camden. So that's really important to us as well. I love that. 
I love that. Um, and, and I saw the photo. Well, I guess it was a, like a, a drawing on the project sheet that's on the website uh, and of the, of the drawing of the high school student. And I was like, oh, I love that. And I mean, forever, that school, those students are going to be connected to this project. And I love that you did that because it, you can't imagine how empowering it is for high school students, especially, who are naturally inclined to want to make a change in their community, to get to see something that they help design come to fruition. I, I just, I love that, Tyler. It's really a beautiful sentiment. Um, yeah, you know, it, and it, it works yeah. so well this time. I think we may even do that every time in the future with all of our robots and, you know, connect with the community and have some art students create the heart chamber. I think that could be a really cool aspect of all of our robots from here on out. I, I think so too, Tyler, and I, I would love to follow you as you do that. Um, I think that's really, really cool. Um, you know, Mishka, as with everybody on the show today, I mean, you are a well-educated, highly qualified um, individual. You actually hold a, a Master of City Planning from the University of Pennsylvania, and you're one of the senior leaders at the Cooper's Ferry Partnership. And I'd love to have you talk to our listeners about both the Cooper's Ferry Partnership and the work you do as the Vice President of Neighborhood Initiatives. Tell us more. Absolutely. So, you know, I consider myself to be, you know, I'm a planner by trade. You know, Camden is my heart. And I am an environmentalist by accident, for sure. <laughs> um, and, you know, the work that I have been doing, I've been at Cooper's Ferry for about 17 years. And the work that we have done, um, you know, really has transformed my life and made me think about things in a different way. Um, Cooper's Ferry was founded in 1984 um, primarily as, you know, the sole um, promoter, uh, provider, developer of the downtown Camden waterfront. And over the past 15, 20 years, we really have expanded um, to really take the knowledge that we've learned on the Camden waterfront into the city's neighborhoods to work directly with residents, with other community organizations on rethinking about the future of those uh, areas. Um, but what we were finding is when we were doing neighborhood planning, and, you know, I am very fortunate to work with a great team and have um, at the back of everything that we do, actually the front of everything we do, um, the residents and making sure everything that we do is going to be resident-driven. But when we were talking to the residents about, you know, all of the issues in Camden, and, you know, certainly I think that they're, could be a long list of those, and, de and depending on where you are, um, what kept coming up in thinking about the revitalization of any place in the city was that everyone was concerned about the environment in a different way, maybe using different language, but the environment was always something that stood out as something that really impacted the quality of life for residents. So whether or not we were talking about flooding or illegal dumping or air quality concerns, everyone realized that until we started to tackle the environmental injustices, mm -hmm. we weren't tackling the economic development or the public safety. So we needed to make sure that the environment were, was part of the conversation first. And so yeah. that is what Cooper's Ferry began to do in the neighborhood revitalization work um, by creating open spaces trying to encourage vibrancy in the communities 
and making sure that things like illegal dumping weren't left as an afterthought to be dealt with after we finished development, after the businesses came in. So, you know, I am happy to be part of the team for this project that, you know, when the Bloomberg Public Art Challenge came out with the call to say, you know, what is a civic issue that is unique to your area that could possibly be dealt with via public art, you know, there were, there's a long list of issues, but again, it was like, what, what is that unique issue that we have that we think that this project can cause a spark for change, but mm-hmm. it's also one that we think is replicable in other places around the country? And yeah. illegal dumping was that for us, and a new view, we hope, is that spark that we hope other cities take on. Well, and I know at least one person who's going to be very excited about this, and that's Brian Constantino from your (laughs) county DEP, because this is, there's so many things he'd like to help the community with, but so much of his time is spent with illegal dumping. Um, And so I think this is, this is incredible. I'm so excited. Mitchell, um, you know, I'd really, in the couple minutes we have before we take a break, I want you to address something that I I read when I was researching your project. Um, And I have you explain this to our listeners. There's a line that says, manifesting ecological routines into a visible spectacle is a utilitarian mechanism for building awareness and communicating intentions. Instead of burying or hiding urban metabolic infrastructure, reversing its presence is desirable. Help us understand that concept, Mitchell. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, we are slightly academic sometimes, so apologize to some folks for... Uh, the language there, but essentially what that means is we're going to make the ecosystem visible. So we're going to show a process that's normally hidden or there's something that we just don't pay attention to in our everyday lives. And we're going to make that this, this, the kind of the central point of our art comes the kind of aesthetic itself. So we're going to show how, in this case, uh, out through a simple little uh, worm uh, doing its everyday thing uh, is is on front and center stage and is the kind of is being foregrounded foregrounded or highlighted that its little process of doing breaking down some uh, um, piece of styrofoam is the whole show and and we're doing a lot to build that stage and to build that kind of presence and that is that's much different. And I think that we often are occupied with other things. I mean, many, many Americans are not necessarily concerned with the environment or top 10 thoughts all the time. I mean, we're worried about our families, our kids, our schools, our jobs, and we just take the environment for granted. So what we want to do is, is sort of reverse that a little bit and put something that is absolutely wonderful, a mechanism that happens in nature without any modification and make that the, the, the kind of the big show. So these little worms are going to be this, this, uh, the big show for us. And it's, it's, uh, I think it's, it's a kind of a sort of a humble way of representing. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Mitchell. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, there's more Go Green Radio right after this. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? 
Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. It is such a pleasure to have you all tuning in. It's also such a pleasure to be talking about Camden, New Jersey. Um, you know, we've been talking about some of the environmental issues that are uh, that are plaguing uh this beautiful city. Um, one of the things that that I've gotten to work on, and it was such an honor, was to work with Martha Wilson. Um, may she rest in peace. We love Martha Wilson, and we were working on lead in the drinking water awareness. Um, and and illegal dumping was also something she and I talked about, especially as it was around the schools and the kind of. Um, impact that had on the morale of students and teachers to see illegal dumping in a field across from some of the the schools and the vibrant school communities in Camden. So I'm so excited to talk about this and and how this revitalization, this A New View Camden project is uh, is gonna be great for this amazing city. Um, Vivian, I wanna go to you. How do you envision your project helping the community develop a new sense of the value of, of waste, water and energy? Um, so, with the uh, bioinformatic digester, we're excited to engage with the community, and we and as a cycle that is highly educational. At the same time, um, we not only want to connect with the city, uh, but we also want to connect the the visitors, the families, um, with nature, and that's so true with. Um, you know, all of the people now who grow up in cities and live in cities is that we're so disconnected from nature. Um, so to be able to really experience and, and see um, nature up close and learn that a lot of the environmental problems that we're having and the climate uh, crisis, that we believe the solution is actually nature-based. So to learn that waste doesn't actually exist as a concept in nature, that things are always cyclical, um, that that will hopefully be inspiring. Thank you, Vivian. That's amazing. Mishka, there are a couple of New Jersey-based artists whose work is going to augment the six large public art displays. And I'd love for you to tell us about Tom Marchetti and Eric James Montgomery and, and what they're going to be doing to contribute to A New View Camden. Well, after we did a public call for artists, we received uh, a resounding response with over 131 applications from all over the country. And we brought in 20 of those artists as finalists to present to the Camden community 
over a weekend and two days. Um, and at the end of that, we, although we had just six sites, we could not just pick six artists. They were all so good. And mm-hmm. we wanted to incorporate as many as we could. So we have the six main installation artists, but we also have two sort of side projects that have been kicking off over the past months. Uh, one from Eric James Montgomery, who he has a home base in Camden and has been working in the Camden community for several years. Um, and his project, Camden is Bright, Not Blight, took portraits of Camden residents with a saying that they completed. So Camden is invincible or vibrant or my home and put those portrait photos on posters and hung those up around blighted abandoned properties surrounding the six sites that we have for the main installations. And Tom Marchetti, whose family has a long history in Camden, with an industrial business that used to call Camden Home, his project of Pod Park uh, will provide additional amenities at each of those sites from unique seating, swing areas, and other creations made from found materials from Camden. So these are some amazing works of art from uh, wood and metal combinations that he has was able to envision and put together that will provide just even, you know, a greater appreciation for the reuse and recycling of materials and complement the main installations on each of those sites. So we are really looking forward to these um, projects from these local artists. And then we've also given the opportunity for apprentices from Camden, so Mm -hmm. local residents that we are paying to work alongside these artists during their installation periods to give them experience with public art for what we hope will be future installations in Camden. I love that. And I did see that on the website that um, that there are openings for artist apprentice. I think that's so cool. And Tyler, I actually want to kick it over to you with kind of a uh, out of the box question because your your story is is so unique. There's so many kids, and and I have had the distinct honor of working with high school students, especially in Camden, and th- their generation right now wants to be a part of sustainability. They want to be a part of, um, you know, fighting climate change. And environmental topics are top of mind um, for this generation of students, and. You know, for some of them, expressing themselves with math and science and spreadsheets isn't exciting, but expressing themselves artistically is. And so if you were, if you had the chance to talk to Camden High School students about, you know, potentially making a career of of artistic expression in a way that um, deals with the environment in some way, what would you tell them? Um, You know, just let your imagination be the only thing that would limit you, you know, uh, you can, you can do what you want in this world, especially when it comes to art and having an impact in all sorts of different kinds of ways, whether it's environmental or political or whatever it might be. So it's very important to follow your dreams when it comes to that. And, you know, we've got two goals with this Mechan 11, the collector. We want to make people aware of illegal dumping and the impact it has on the community, especially with the, with the youth. And we want to blow people's minds. And if we do that, then we'll, we'll consider this adventure a success. 
You're already blowing our minds, Tyler. I'm so excited that you're part of this. And so um, I'm, I'm really glad that uh, that you're part of this. Mitchell, you have several books out and, and you're latest one is entitled Design with Life, Biotech, Architecture, and Resilient Cities. And I'd love to give you a minute to talk to us about the book and where our listeners can purchase it. And P.S. Mitchell, you apologized in the last segment for being too academic. You can't be too academic with Go Green Radio listeners. Um, we are we are kind of geeky when it comes to science and design. So go ahead and tell us about your book. Okay. Uh, yeah, the book is uh, available on Amazon. It's on Actar. It's the press, and uh, it is uh, about 15 years of work with over 400 different people that have worked with us. It's scientists and designers and everything in between that have worked at Terraform One, thinking about uh, cities and what is the near future of cities and how to make them socio-ecological. Uh, that is a term we like to use. We we don't use other terms as much, such as eco-friendly, which almost anything could be eco-friendly. We like to be really precise, and that book helps describe uh, what we mean when we uh, approach our environmental projects. Essentially, it means that the, the, the architectural, the engineering, the design side is something we absolutely can author and control, but it's the social side, the leadership class, the capricious public, the general interests of the everyday person is equally as important as getting the engineering and the science right. That's why we did a book on socio-ecological thinking and all of the projects that are in there and all the people that have worked with us over the years. Awesome. And... and- yeah, absolutely. I know it's available on Amazon. It's You can also go to terraforma.org and find their publications and check it out there as well. In the minute we have yeah. left, Mishka, I'm going to go to you because so much of this has been, you know, your baby. What final thoughts would you like to leave with our listeners as we tie up this show? Sure. Uh, my final thought is that places like Camden um, aren't as unique as we would like them to be in the country. And so there are urban centers that are suffering similar challenges all around the country that many people write off or listen to the perceptions that they hear on television Mm -hmm. um, or in the news about what's happening there without ever really stepping foot in those places to understand what is happening or the humanity of those spaces. Camden has its challenges for sure, but the Camden spirit is resilient and amazing, and yes, what is. is happening in that city is great. So Absolutely. we hope that everyone will take a new view of Camden, literally, mm-hmm. and visit this amazing art project to think about how their waste impacts urban centers like Thank Camden. You. Absolutely. Thank you, Mishka, and thank you to all of our guests today. Thanks to our listeners for tuning in. We'll be here same time, same place next week with more Go Green Radio. Until then, have a wonderful week and do something in your life to go green. Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week.